there. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Queens Unburden, where we have a mental health perspective for women of color. And we want to welcome you to our podcast today. And we're talking about ADHD Awareness Month, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder Awareness Month. Uh, we want to give light to this because this is another common condition that we see in our communities. Um, and there's a lot of thought around it. And we want to give support to people who may really be experiencing this and clarity to people so you can know if this is where you're at or if this is not where you're at. So I'm going to have Dr. Kamiko start us out with what ADHD is and all of the information that we want to start to give awareness to you. Crystal. So I thought this was a really important topic because ADHD not only affects children, but it also affects adults. So um, worldwide, ADHD in children and adolescents is estimated to be around five to seven percent. Um, obviously, that can vary, you know, from country to country and region to region, but it is also present in adults. And there used to be a myth of, you know, adults can't have ADHD, you outgrow it. Well, we have recently, so we are um, looking at possibly two to five percent of adults still having symptoms that also creates dysfunction. So oftentimes in practice, I will have adults come to ADHD. We've had them tested. I know that's what they have. And I see a lot of myself in them. I've noticed is, is that some sadness associated with it because it's like, well, had I been treated, I probably would have, you know, graduated high school or finished college or achieved a little bit more than what I have primarily because of the issues associated with. So I definitely want to debunk that myth first and foremost that ADHD can definitely be something that affects us in adulthood. And a lot of times in adults, what we will notice is that person might have a car, have a, a history of a lot of car accidents because they're not focused, they're not paying attention, mm. or they might have issues in their professional life because you can't focus and pay attention. It's hard to meet that deadline. It's hard to work as a team when everybody else has done their work and you're like, ah, uh, I'm almost relationship problems because with the relationship problems, what tends to happen, I forgot to go pick up the early weight on a relationship. So, um, you know, if, especially if it's not ill intended, you, you know, you're in a relationship and you're like, they really forgot. And on the person, in the relationship, potentially with someone that has ADHD. So Crystal, I want you to like, tell our listeners more about what ADHD is not, right? Because, or what else could it be? Because we automatically assume lack of focus equals ADHD. And we know that lack of focus can definitely be related to other um, mental health concerns outside of ADHD. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, the, the goal is in any condition and anything that we're we're seeking, we want to be well informed so that we're treating the right thing, regardless of what we're treating. But when we talk about ADHD, you know, we want to know what it is, what it isn't. Dr. Kimiko has given a lot of clarity around, you know, what this looks like for many people who are experiencing it. Um, but some things to consider when we talk about lack of focus, because I think that is a big part of what uh, many people feel like is once you have lack of focus. Uh, nowadays, it's like, well, do I have ADHD? And I think it's, you know, because we have a lot of information now, right? We can go to sources and look things up 
And, you know, sometimes when we think, when you look up information on inability to focus, that might be one of the first things that comes up, but it doesn't mean that that's what you're experiencing. So you want to take everything into consideration. And that's what we do as clinicians. We take that part into consideration, but we take other dynamics into consideration as well. So just some other conditions that to consider that could be occurring um, when you're having issues with focus is also how is your mood? Are you feeling depressed? Um, because if you're dealing with depression, depression can also has an association as one of the symptoms is having an inability to focus as well, the higher your depression levels are. This will be the same when we talk about anxiety, but we're having a lot of anxiety. Um, we're not necessarily zooming in and focused. We may be scattered in those states as well. You know, we may not be able to sit still. Uh, oftentimes when we're anxious, we also cannot sit still. You know, we also, our attention is disrupted. Uh, and our ability to function to the best of our ability is also compromised when we're dealing with high levels of anxiety. Um, even thinking about bipolar disorder, for example. With bipolar disorder, if someone is manic, there's a lot of anxiety that comes along with that. So it doesn't, and, and that's going to also impact one's ability to focus. So you want to like think about what other things are you experiencing along with the inability to focus? Are you having inability to focus and you've also been depressed? You know, are you able to track if you were feeling depressed first and then these symptoms of focus started to come into play? You know, can you think about, are you worrying a lot? Do you tend to worry a lot? And also you're having this ability, this inability to focus. I think it's important to, to know because another thing that sometimes I have patients who come to see me who who tell me, because maybe they haven't prescribed medication for ADHD. Oftentimes when we're um, utilizing medications for ADHD, we're prescribed stimulants. There is a certain type of antidepressant called Welbutrin that many people are prescribed initially first before they go to stimulants because it can also help with focus. But, but if, if someone comes to me and they're like, um, you know, well, I was started on, let's just say Adderall. I think that's like a common uh, medication that many people may know of that, that is used to treat ADHD. And so I've, I've had patients come to me who say, well, you know, this doctor prescribed me Adderall and I feel really good on Adderall. And I just, you know, want to speak to that, that just because you feel good on it doesn't mean that, <coughs> excuse me, the, excuse me, that that is what the issue is. Like, if I were to take Adderall today, I would feel like I could conquer the world. So, you know, there are times where I have patients who come to me who say, you know, they were prescribed a medication um, to help with their ADHD and that it made them feel really good. And what I try to express is that that in itself does not necessarily mean that we're treating the right condition, right? If I were to take certain medications that can be prescribed to treat ADHD, I could feel extremely good and accomplished in those moments as well. So we want to, um, you know, make sure the whole picture is being captured so that we can uh, address it. Me as a clinician, and I know me and Dr. Kamika were both talking about this as clinicians, when someone comes in and they're talking about the issue with focus and ability to focus, the first thing we wanna do is treat, if there's some depression, if there's some anxiety, we want to treat that completely first and see what is still showing up. Because in many situations, you'll find that when your depression is managed, when anxiety is managed, if you're dealing with a mood disorder, if it's managed, that just like 
sleep can be improved when those conditions are managed, just like appetite may be improved when those conditions are managed, ability to focus may also be improved, you know, but it's dealing with those parts first and then seeing what's going on. Because for many people, yes, their depression, anxiety is well managed, but they're still noticing that their ability to function and be productive at work, at school, in, in, in tasks where it, it requires their attention to be productive can be compromised. Uh, so that is what I would want to mention in relation to just having better clarity and understanding of seeing that whole picture and making this broader than inability to focus. Like there are other dynamics that it's important for us to look at so that um, so, so that you're being treated for what you really should be being treated for. Are you there, Dr. Kamika? So one of the things we definitely thought would be important to talk about is related to just the stigma associated specifically to ADHD, because a lot of times these might be the children that are bouncing off the walls or not listening or not paying attention, might have a little bit of defiance and things like that. And so on the outside looking in, we're just looking and we're like, oh, that kid is just bad or they're just lazy. They don't want to do their homework. And it can even be geared towards adults. Yeah, he can't keep a job because whatever, you know, and realistically, yeah, he can't keep a job or she can't keep a job because they literally cannot process what's happening because they are so all over the place. So ADHD has a hyperactive component, which is what we typically think of, but it also has the inattentive component as well. And you can have one or the other, but a lot of times people have what we consider combined type, at which there are symptoms of them being hyperactive as well as being inattentive. And so that can definitely create a spiral of I'm not smart enough or I'm just dumb, you know, and our children and even self-esteem can be affected in adults. So I think that it's important that we understand that this is a neurological condition. This is a mental health condition in which the person that has it truly cannot help themselves. And mm -hmm. you can't beat it out of them. You can't whoop it out of them. You can't punish it out of them what you're doing potentially is destroying their self-esteem because they're like, I'm doing the best I can and yeah. it's not good enough. So recognizing it for what it is, getting the proper and correct testing and then getting the proper treatment is the way to go versus, you know, taking somebody's stimulant and saying, oh, I felt great. This is, I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. Well, if you go drink a big cup of coffee, you're going to focus better. It's a mm -hmm. stimulant. So don't, don't take that reaction to believe that, oh, I must have ADHD because these are not benign medications. They can affect your heart rate. They can affect mm -hmm. your ability um, to sleep, your appetite, give you headaches and things like that. So it is not something that should be played with um, and taken on a whim or um, not, or just given out like candy. So that way, oh, well, this is, this is what I have. So without formal testing, and there have been companies that have been getting in trouble that are providing care, um, just giving stimulants to patients without proper um, assessment and proper testing. And people are out here getting these medications that are control substances also, um, meaning they do have an ability to cause addictive uh, problems. So it's not something that we should take lightly. It's not something we should try to get diagnosed after seeing a couple of videos on social media. It is something that we can have um, pop up later in life because we did not get the treatment that we needed or the testing that we needed. But one of the diagnostic criteria is that your symptoms need to be present before the age of 12. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times that's, I will ask people, did you struggle in elementary school? 
oh no, I made straight A's, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, was it because it was, you know, did you really have to work super hard to get it or did it come easy? Not saying that the only marker is academics, but it's a big marker because what else do you have to focus on in elementary school, right? So I think that we definitely need to be mindful of how we throw around these diagnoses and how we um, try to get treatment for them and even how we talk about them because it's highly offensive to people that do have it to be, oh, that my ADHD acting up, really? Mm -hmm. Or all oh, this weather is bipolar. I'm, I'm sensitive to those things because yeah. I do feel like it can be offensive to people that do have these things, further making the stigma stronger. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. oh, well, I don't want to tell people I have this or I don't even want to know if I have this because I don't want to be put in this category yeah. with right. other people. So it's yeah. no different than being diagnosed with diabetes or high blood pressure, high mm-hmm. cholesterol. We don't have shame associated with that typically, right? We don't mind telling people, yeah, I take blood pressure medicine, but oh, I might have a problem telling people I take medicine to focus. Your brain is an organ, just like your heart, just like your liver, just like your lungs. And it might not function at the highest level all the time. And if anything, I feel like the brain is such a complex and intricate organ that I'm surprised we all don't have something. I always tell my patients, we're all on a spectrum. We all have a little something going on and that's okay. That's what makes us unique and that's what makes us us. So I say all that to say ADHD is definitely present. Does everyone have it? No. Is it something that we need to know more about? Absolutely. Are Mm -hmm. you struggling? Are your children struggling? Is there someone that you, you know, like it resonates with you like, oh my gosh, like they're good with X, Y, and Z, but they are terrible when it comes to you know, putting things together or being organized or being on time and things like that. And it is not a personality flaw. It is something that can be treated, but we also need to make sure one, nothing else is going on. Two, they are properly assessed. And three, then they they are properly treated. Mm -hmm. And often in treatment, I treat ADHD last. If you have anxiety or depression or any other mental health condition, I treat the ADHD last because if you are anxious and I put you on a stimulant, guess what? I'm doing you zero favors. I am probably creating a worsening of problems for you. So, you know, once you find that this resonates with you and you go and seek treatment, if it is a provider you trust, don't try to go in and dictate what they do for you, unless it just absolutely does not set well with you. Um, Try not to rely on Dr. Google because there are times where we tend to search and do things that on the internet that just don't um, do us any favors. But be mindful of it. Don't have your child or yourself struggling needlessly if this is something that you truly feel you may have. And if you go get the testing and you get all of the inside, psychologists are the ones that do the testing. I want to put that out there. Yeah. Now, can psych providers, psychiatric nurse practitioners and um, psychiatrists diagnosis? Absolutely. But a lot of times with psychologists, they'll also do additional testing. One, to make sure there's nothing else there that might be contributing yeah. to your lack of focus. And a lot of times they will do IQ testing. So if you are struggling with something, it's like, okay, maybe it's not ADHD, but you might have a learning disorder or anything. So it's one of those things where it's like, let's get a full workup. And and a lot of times primary care, people will get it there as well, but they also don't do any real quote unquote testing. And I don't mean circling, you know, checking boxes and circling things. That's not testing. That is a screening. So be mindful of that and and get the right level of testing, the right level of care, so you can be treated accordingly. 
Yeah, I like, I love what you just said. Like uh, neuropsychological testing is often what I'll uh, send patients to have done along with my assessment, but it it is good because it does test for so many other things. It <clears throat> can look at people's cognitive issues or functioning and just a, a, a slew of other possibilities that can be going on. And that is what where we want to be at. And when it comes to our well-being is we want to understand what really it is that is happening. Um, and that can definitely give more insight. It is a, a, it's a longer test. It has a lot to it, but it has a lot to it because it's really getting deep in terms of understanding you and what, what may be happening there. So um, important information, um, very, very important because yes, we want to know about when it's not ADHD, but we also want to know about when it is so that people can really be able to be at their best uh, in their ways of functioning, in their life, in their careers. It's just in all of, of their endeavors to be able to show up to the best that they can. So we appreciate you all for being with us today. Uh, we hope that this information has been helpful for you, um, that if you are in connection with a provider, that you know you had these conversations with them. And yeah, Host, give us any feedback that you want, any concerns around what we've spoken about, any more, if there's more insights you feel like you would need. Um, we are here to help you. We're here to serve you in that way. So thank you for being with us again for Queens Unburdened. We will see you on the next podcast. Toodles. Bye, ladies. Take care. Bye.